Welcome to the Lucky Let Cord Podcast, a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express and a proud member of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Otto. Happy to be with you on Friday, March. Let me check the date. Time flies when you're in a global pandemic. March 12th, Friday, March 12th. We're here to talk about one thing and one thing only. That is the return of Mr. Roger Federer. The Swiss, at 39 years of age, has made his return to the tour. He picked up a win this week at Doha, win number 1,243 of his illustrious career. It was nice to see Federer back on court. Got two matches in, a three-set win over Dan Evans in the second round, and a loss to Nikolos Baslosvili, which ended his time in Doha. Here to talk with Richard Pagliaro about Federer's performance, how he looked on the court, and of course, Federer's health, how he felt after these matches. Why is he skipping Dubai next week? When will we see him again? And what now are his chances of returning to form to meet his goal of being 100% fit by Wimbledon this year? It's going to be interesting to see, isn't it? Let's get right to our chat now. Richard Pagliaro, kind enough to spend 10, 15 minutes to talk about the subject. So sit tight, listen up, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Yeah, I thought it would be nice for us to kind of circle back as we promised during our podcast Monday in which we talked about Federer coming back in addition to Novak Djokovic getting his 311 weeks at number one. Um, We promised we'd come back and kind of review his performance. So now here we are, Roger Federer. Won himself around, got past Dan Evans and couldn't make it over the second hurdle. But all in all, pretty, first of all, great to see him back. Second of all, decent tennis was played by the Swiss. And, you know, we go on from here. What What is your initial takeaway? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about the way he played this week in Doha? excited to see him enthusiastic and the movement was good I thought getting out of the corners the fact he had no tape on the knee no brace nothing you know he's old school like that he's not a player that traditionally wears any kind of tape or bracing but that he didn't have anything and that he moved well he was able to hit the running forehand he was able to hit the shots on the move and I thought the Evans match the first match Tactically, he adjusted, and he came in a lot at the end. So you saw the forward movement. You saw him backpedal quickly for the overheads. You know, he showed you the all-court game. And, you know, on the positive side, he said repeatedly, I feel happy, I feel healthy, I'm not in a lot of pain. You know, he said the right things, that he, he, he came out with a positive attitude. And he served superbly well. I mean, I think he had 25 aces, no double faults. In the two matches, and I think he served 68% both matches. I mean, he was making the first serve, especially under pressure. And I know he had been practicing that consistently throughout, but it's a different story when you get out there on the match court. I thought, you know, on the, 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 you know, to keep it into perspective, he mishit the backhand a few times. You could tell the timing on the backhand wasn't there, although the Evans match on match point, he had a beautiful backhand winner down the line. And also he admitted, you know, he was tired. You could see that at the end of the Evans match. He was tired, and I thought Basilisvili, he had the match point five four, and then it just looked like he hit a little bit of a wall where he couldn't get the second win and Basilisvili rolled through the last three games to beat him, but he was right there at the end with a match point, so conceivably could have won two matches. His perspective sounded great, and, you know, I thought the interviews after were revealing because he basically showed you 
tipped his hand a little bit as to as to what the long game is, which is Wimbledon, which is what he said was basically the whole thing coming back was to peak for the grass, peak for Wimbledon. He's going to play clay. He's not going to play Dubai. So mm. I would say he's got to be really happy with that with that performance, especially seeing the perspective that the whole thing is to build toward grass. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a little bit of the what you mentioned that he served well that he held up well, that yes, he did move well. And yeah, he was rusty. He, he, there were some shanks, some fairly epic shanks there. Of course, I, you're going to expect right. that when you haven't played in over a year. But I think that, as he said before the tournament, it's like riding a bike. It'll come back. The tennis isn't the problem. It's the health. And then we're looking for clues in his press conference about the health. You just mentioned he's not going to play Dubai. That means maybe he's not pulling up quite perfectly to go on and get a little more hard cart tennis in. He did mention this, and I'll quote him directly about his shoulder, which I found was interesting. He said, I honestly expected to feel this way. That's what he said when he was asked if he felt fatigued. But he said the whole shoulder is really, I feel the muscle pain around that. I didn't expect it to be, to be honest, here in the shoulder because I've been serving this whole time. But that comes, I think, with the pressure and just, you know, in matches, you just go that extra percent that extra five percent so i don't know what it is but clearly he felt a little bit more in the shoulder and maybe that was one of the reasons he's not going to play dubai but the way that i see it and then i'll let you respond is that it's a little tricky not playing dubai and also not playing miami and going straight to the clay to to use the clay to warm up for grass which of course we're all excited that that's his goal to be ready by the grass but will clay give him enough time and enough reps and enough fast court activity to actually be at peak when he gets to the grass. Maybe it will. What's your thought on that? Yeah, it's a really good point. I would say first thing I think you hit on it with the shoulder, like we're also worried about the knee and looking below the waist where the shoulder where you just haven't played in that long. And he, you know, he's, First match was two hours, 24 minutes. The second was almost, I think it was an hour and 50, almost two hours. So, And he had a lot of big serves. I mean, he was definitely lighting it up on the first serve. So that's an interesting take, and that's probably the wise move, too, because you don't want to create another problem in a totally different part of your body. I mean, I hear your point about, about the hardcore, but he'd already pulled out of Miami anyway, so it's not like gee, I'm, i got to go to Dubai to build for another hardcore. I mean, he knows that surface transition is coming. I figure why not just make it sooner? Why not just get on the clay and start practicing? Because there's nothing beyond Dubai hardcore-wise for him anyway, yeah. at least not imminently. So, I mean, why not you know, get on the clay? It's, so, it's a softer surface. It's softer on your body. You're going to play more balls just because of the nature of the surface, and you know, maybe that's the way to go. Yeah. Uh, he he has done that in the past, where he stopped playing clay for a couple of years and came back. And it, I think, at this point in his career, he's just like, look, I've been 13 months off. I just need the match play. And you know, maybe like you said, it's just around the shoulder. He wanted to be super, like a bit extra cautious because Dubai's right there. It's next. Yeah. Yeah. And you also don't know, you know, when you're out there, the adrenaline, you really don't feel anything, and. You're playing, and then it's afterward when you come down from the match where a lot of times you'll feel those those aches and pains. Yeah. You know, he also did say in the on-court interview right after the Evans match, well, the knee, he made a comment like, well, the knee's never going to be quite, you know, he almost implied, look, there's, I'm always going to be dealing with some tendonitis or some pain in the knee as well. Yeah, he's trying to get it as good as he possibly can to get up back on that grass and perform. And I, I think that's... I think he's doing the right thing, being careful, but it just worries me. You think, wow, there's maybe a new set of problems when you're 39 if your shoulder's hurting. He served great, though, and I think he's probably— He did. He did. He's probably just going to— And I think, you 
know, at that time, he's played, he's won 1,500 matches. They know their bodies so well. Like, I could tell you just from watching Serena practice, I've seen practices where she'll serve a lot of, where she'll throw the football first to warm up the arm and then serve a lot of serve. Then I've seen practices at slams where she did not hit a single serve. Maybe she just felt like I'm in a groove or maybe she felt my shoulder's tight, but I think they know, you know, they know what they need because they, he's played so long. I yeah. think he, he knows what his body needs as far as the match workload and also the training workload. And he mentioned the physio and the recovery and the program a few times in that second interview. So clearly they're going to try to put something very definitive and specific together as far as the rehab between matches and between tournaments. And the surface transition's a big thing. Yep. I mean, you know he's in good hands with Pierre Paganini, too, in terms sure. of his health. And um, sure. What did you think of the Basilashvili loss? I mean, um, the Georgian played quite well. This guy was desperate for wins. We know he's very talented. He's an incredible ball striker. I think I think he just really took advantage of a nice opportunity to catch Federer when he's a little rusty. And, and frankly, I don't think Federer really would have wanted a third match, to be honest, in Dubai. Yeah, I think you're right. He even said, he kind of commented on that after. I felt like he, he played Basilevsky's backhand a little bit too much at the end. His backhand does not break. I mean, he's strong off both wings, but his backhand does not break down. I felt like maybe he should have tried to use the slice a little bit and draw him in. But when Basilevsky hits the ball huge, I mean, when the ball's coming at you that fast, especially after you played Evans, who's more of a spin guy, change, shift the speeds, you know, give you more low balls. Now you're just facing guy who's jolting the ball at you it's like a blur maybe he just felt like he didn't have the time but I felt he could have used the front the short court a little bit against Bastos Vili because he's a strict baseline player try to displace him a little bit but maybe the pace was a little jarring I thought that that's where you could see the fatigue at the end of that match when he got up 5-4 obviously it's on Basilis Vili's serve but mm-hmm. still he had the match point I felt like he just it was just fatigue at that point yeah do you look into these stats? When I found out what he said about his shoulder, I looked at the stats and kind of tried to connect dots and found that he won 79% of his first serve points against Evans, which isn't even really typical of Federer. It's usually even higher. And then he won only 67% of his first serve points against Vasilevsky, which I think is a really low number for Federer. So I wonder if he was feeling that shoulder during the match. It seemed like in the third set, a lot of his serves were coming back at him. He wasn't really having his way with the serve, although, of course, he did serve well over the whole course of the two matches. Did you notice any of that? Yeah, I think oh, I think you're right, especially over that over the second match. It looked like he wasn't getting the free points as he was uh, as he was earlier. I felt like the first, the Evans match, he did a really good job out of the box using the wide serve, and then the forehand, and then the forehand. He showed you the forehand. Yeah. The first strike forehand was Classic still there. Classic. So I his spot, like as far as his locations were really good. I felt really impressed. I mean, he didn't hit a double fall. He played six sets, didn't hit a double fall. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was really controlled on it, but I think you're right. I, I didn't consciously look at the gun after every serve, so I don't know what the speed was, but I, he, yeah, he probably lost a little bit of, of sting. I'll be honest with you. I kind of hope that he goes back on his decision to skip Miami and actually comes and plays a little bit more. But I, I, like, I think Clay's going to be great for him, and he's kind of saying, uh, I think he said the Clay could be good for me. It could be bad for me, so I'll, I'll only know in practice. But but he thinks it's going to be good. I mean, and I think you're right. It probably will be. It'll get his body in shape. But why not go to Miami? We've got a couple of weeks. You can like loosen up your shoulder a bit and maybe try it again. But either way, my final uh, prognosis is I think he's fine. He's good to go, and he definitely could be a player when he when it comes to grass. As long as the only question mark is can he stay fit to play 
enough matches to go deep enough in these draws. That's the only thing that I'm still worried about. So I guess you'd want to see him get a trial run and at least play like, you know, four matches in five days type of thing at some point this summer before the grass. Maybe he'll have to do that in a small grass tournament like Ale or something. Yeah, for sure. And you can see him, you could see him playing this kind of style, getting on a run on grass because he showed you all the shots. I mean, he had some beautiful volleys, deep volleys, angle volleys, some nice back, and his, his smash was there. And the movement was there. He looked confident moving. He never, he didn't look like he, you know, was stumbling or that he was uncertain on cutting or intercepting angles. He looked like he knew what he wanted to do. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just a matter of the match play and see how, like you said, how the body responds. But I think he's got to take a lot of positives out. I mean, it's the first time in 405 days a guy played, and, you know, he played a, a tough guy who had won a title this year, and he beat him. You know, mm. and then the Basilis Vili match, he had match point, just couldn't get over the line. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of positives to take away for sure. Yeah. I mean, so I'll put the final question to you. Has your perception of what's possible for Roger Federer this year, particularly at Wimbledon, changed at all with this these two matches and what you've seen and heard from Roger over the last couple of days in Doha? Yeah, I would say yeah, because the movement was more than I expected. And, you know, the racket skills are there. He's Roger Federer. I mean, no one can use the racket like him. And also, let's hope that this recovery continues. And if we saw fans at Wimbledon, even high, even 40%, whatever, you know the reception there he would get would just be massively supportive and that kind of adrenaline can really help a player like that, like Roger, who's been there before and really is energized by the fans. So I think that's another variable that, that would really help him. And by then he'll hopefully have a lot of uh, enough match play and under his belt that we'll, we'll really see him rolling. But he look, there's a lot of good things he can take from these two matches. Yep, for sure. What would, what would be your prediction of of the way this summer is going to go for him on grass? You think he's maybe you think it works out? He stays healthy. He gets he gets deep in Wimbledon, maybe a quarter or a semi, something like that. Or do you have even higher hopes? Uh, I would say the tune up, like how you know, I would say I could see him going to a semifinal in the tune-up. I'd like to see that and then see what he could do at Wimbledon. But, mm-hmm. you know, if he plays like Roger Federer, I mean, you got to be looking at the second week as the goal. I mean, he said an interesting thing in the in the post-match after Basilis Vili. They asked him about coming back. And he said originally the plan was to come back in Australia, but the comeback, the rehab wasn't going as quick as I'd hoped. And he goes, I don't, I didn't just want to go there to go if I can't win. That was an interesting comment, like still in his mind, like I'm going there to win. I'm not just going there to compete. So yeah. I think that's a great mindset. Like why bother even going to Australia if I can't realistically have a shot at winning? So I think that's the mindset. You know, you got to be in a frame of mind where you realistically feel you can win before you get there. And if he had success at a grass court tune-up tournament. Of course, he's an eight-time Wimbledon champion. He's gonna in his last appearance. He was in the final, could have won the title. So I think there's a lot to take from that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think one deep run is what he needs somewhere, somehow. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just that experience of putting in back-to-back matches, different opponents, variables, different weather conditions, and you just want to see him physically recover. You know, three, four matches in a row. That's yeah. what you really want to see. Yeah, because I'm with you. I have no doubt that he can play championship-type tennis um, at this point. His game is still there. You know, he'll need some reps to get it really tight, and you know, so he's not making unforced errors. But again, he played the pressure points well. 
I think for him it's just a matter of finding a way to get that old body into peak form, and it'll be exciting if he does it. But, um, yeah, so cool. It was great to see him back. I, I actually was really sad about Dubai because definitely could always use another week of Roger Federer in, a, in an ATP draw, so it's unfortunate. And I guess that's why I was hoping maybe he'd change his mind and come to Miami because otherwise when are we going to see him? You know, Madrid? I mean, yeah, and he gets such a great reception in Dubai. And also, I just think you know we're also buzzed. I love tennis, watching him, but also the the, the Federer effect kind of cascading and seeing how people all over the world really tuned into Doha to see him. And then you asked pass a good question about Federer's comeback, and he spoke about how it inspired him. So you see that sort of cascade down throughout the sport and beyond the sport when Federer's back. How meaningful tennis is. Yeah, it's nice to see the guys appreciating it and like knowing that maybe there's a year, maybe two years of Roger left and they all want to get on the court with him if they have the chance. And Medvedev was just talking about that in press in Marseille as well. Um, yeah, it's exciting stuff. It was a great week. I just hope, to, hope we get more of it soon. Thanks, Richard. Happy Friday. We'll, uh, we'll catch up pretty soon and talk some more tennis, okay? All right, Chris. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. This edition of the Lucky Let Court Podcast is a wrap. Special thanks to... Richard Pagliaro for joining us and lending us his expertise on Roger Federer's comeback. So what do you guys think? When will we see Roger Federer in peak form again? Or will we ever see Roger Federer in peak form again? Those questions will all be answered as we head down the road in the 2021 tennis season. Look forward to enjoying it with you all. You guys can follow us on social media. Don't forget Tennis Now at Facebook.com slash Tennis Now on Twitter at Tennis underscore Now. And of course, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, you can just Google Lucky Letcord Podcast. Voila, you'll find us there. You can also find us on Spotify, wherever else you like to listen to your podcast. We'd appreciate it if you rate, review, subscribe. We love your passion for tennis. We love that you're listening, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. You guys enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the tennis. Plenty of exciting stuff coming up, and we'll talk with you next week.